This is Mike McNamara. This show is for folks who want to get more educated about their financial affairs. We figure that's just about everyone listening. If you have a financial advisor, hopefully our discussions will make you feel that you're being well cared for. If you don't have a financial advisor, hopefully our discussions will be helpful to you in finding a good one. By the way, we think everyone should have an independent financial advisor who is a certified financial planner practitioner and who at all times acts as a fiduciary on behalf of their clients. That means always acting in the client's best interest. Always. That is our humble and biased opinion. McNamara Financial Services is an independent financial planning and money management firm with offices in Marshfield and Chelmsford, Massachusetts. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed in the studio this morning with Mike McNamara. If you're just joining us, the topic of the show today is your investments, be brave or be poor. We thought that that was kind of catchy and uh, might uh, might reel you in. Um, not too much for excitement and yes. show stuff around here. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have a catchy title. You got to right? have a hook yeah. sometimes, yeah. So the first part of the show, we were kind of talking about what is total return. And so if you missed that, so total return of your investments is basically comprised of two components. Uh, that's, you know, the, that's the dividends uh, that an investment might pay. Uh, and it's also the appreciation of the, you know, the price of the, the share of the, of the stock that you own. So there's two components there. There's income and there's growth. So that's, that's total return. Then the other definition that we went over was real return. So real return is basically you take your total return and then you have to subtract out taxes and inflation. And those are two, you know, two biggies, uh, you know, that... At the end of the year, everybody sits down and does right, that, right. right? Yeah. You know, we talked about, you know, we <laughs> talked about just as a, as a general, you know, well, maybe you pay 15% to the federal government and another, another 5% to Massachusetts. So that's, you know, that's 20%, you know, that you have to subtract out of your, you know, return if you're, if you're pulling money out of a, out of a retirement account, uh, specifically. Um, and then talking about inflation, you know, inflation long-term is average, you know, somewhere in the two to 3% range, uh, um, it's been higher uh, over the past year or two, as people are aware, um, and so that is, you know, that that is a risk, right? So taxes and inflation are are quote unquote risks that affect your return, uh, and it's not. And those are things that I think that we think uh, a lot of people don't often calculate or factor in when they're maybe when they're projecting out their retirement plan, uh, but you need to do that. Um, we start. We talked a little bit about default. Uh, so default is, you know, if you own an, an individual stock or an, an individual bond for that matter, and if that, if the bond issuer or if the, the company that, um, you know, that you've purchased goes out of business, you know, there's a pretty good chance you could lose your entire investment. And that's, you know, so that's default and that's, you know, that's the biggest risk there is, um, you know, when it comes to investing is right, is losing your entire investment. Um, and we talked about, you know, a pretty, a pretty simple way to, you know, reduce that risk is by, you know, diversifying and buying, you know, buying mutual funds or, or exchange traded funds. Um, and, you know, we certainly believe that, you know, diversification, it, it's, it's not a guarantee to, to make that risk go away, but it's a, but it goes, a, goes a whole long way, uh, in, in doing that. Um, and then last but not least, um, volatility, 
volatility is, is, is a risk uh, that comes along with, you know, with owning uh, investments that, you know, that there's certainly more, well, typically there's more volatility uh, involved with owning stocks uh, versus owning bonds, although bonds have been pretty exciting these days. Real exciting. Uh, and I think we'll talk about that uh, uh, in the next, in the next little bit here about, about what bonds have been doing and, 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 you know, what our thoughts kind of about that. Um, so those, you know, those are the four sort of major risks when it comes to investment, taxes, inflation, default, volatility. Uh, and, you know, you got to pick, pick how you're going to deal with them um, because they're all, they're all real and they're all there. Um, and it's just a matter of which ones you want to, which ones you want to deal with uh, more uh, or which ones you want to try to avoid. And, and there is no perfect investment that deals with all of them. That's uh, that's very, very important, folks. If, if, I, if, if there was a perfect investment and I knew about it, I wouldn't tell anybody anyway because <laughs> everybody would jump on it and it'd be, the cat would be out of the bag and it wouldn't be perfect anymore. But anyway, okay, the, the, folks, you get to pick which of those risks is most important to you, okay? Which is why we spent that first hour going over them, okay? And yeah, h- hard to do math over the radio, but the big picture is, we try to make the big picture pretty clear. Those are the four places that you have to worry about. Uh, and I think the two biggest ones are taxes and inflation. I think the default and the volatility are things you can deal with, lessen, understand, uh, or trade off and make that bet versus the, the alternative. But that's that's the deal, okay? Uh, and, and as far as risks in general, I think if people had a thorough or, or a basic solid understanding of all four of those risks and what they involve, okay, that would be a great start to try to figure out your comfort levels. Uh, and then the second thing is once you be brave and start off on that course investing, besides being educated and kind of hopefully aware of the excitement that you might be facing, uh, I, I think that once you have some experience there, and I'm talking maybe a couple of bad markets, not just one, but you know, folk, folks who've been through a couple of bad markets, they start looking back and say, well, okay, it, that got over. You know, mm-hmm. we, we survived that. The things came back. I'm still ahead of the game sort of a thing. So education uh, and experience uh, are necessary for you to understand and deal with those risks and hopefully get comfortable with them sort of a thing. So anyway, so so that was like the, the big picture uh, discussion. Uh, we're going to get into the weeds now. Uh, and for the next, uh, ooh, geez, I think we're going to have to have a your investments be brave or poor part two here, Kurt. Based on your outline, I would think at least maybe part three, at least yeah, yeah, at least another show or two. All right, so maybe we can just kind of discuss. Uh, or beat up bonds for the next 45 minutes or so and, and see, see if we can end. We might not be able to end on the bond piece, to be honest with you. But anyway. Uh, so can I, can we, I just talk about this picture that I was yeah, showing we'll, you we'll, earlier? Because yeah, I, thought, yeah. I thought it was funny. Sure, sure. So I was doing, uh, I did just, you know, did a, a search about, you know, bond performance, you know, recently and, you know, what, you know because, you know, and why, why are they down and, and things like that. And so I, one of the, one of the top hits here on Google was a Wall Street, uh, a Wall Street Journal uh, article. Uh, let's see what the date was. Uh, it was actually from May. It was May 6th of 2022 was the article, but they have a, they have a graphic that pops up at the beginning and it has a picture, you know, it has a, a, a man's face and like, uh, basically his, his eyes and his nose are like, looks like a percent sign. Uh, <laughs> but then he, but then he's there and then the first, the first thing, so then he gets a bruise on one cheek, then he gets a little uh, bandaid <laughs> on the other cheek oh, oh, and then, and God. then a tooth comes flying out of his mouth. And this is supposed to be, this is 
is supposed to be a representation of what's going on with bonds right now. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. Do we sensationalize everything in yeah. this country or what? Yeah. Huh? Uh, which is part of the problem, actually, here right. from an investment point of view. Unbelievable. All right. So, um, so again, four risks, taxes, inflation, default, and volatility, a b- bunch of different investments, two basic kinds, stocks and bonds. Uh, and, uh, you know, yes, there's real estate, but that's not for the topic in this show here. Uh, and so, well, which investments are best to protect against which risks and how's that all work? And that's kind of where we're going now. So, uh, all right. So bonds. Okay. Uh, just, just to set the stage. Okay. Uh, all fixed income investments. That's probably the generic term for the category. They involve certain components and that would be that there's a borrower of the money there's a lender of the money there's a time frame and there's a deal and there's a guarantee uh xyz petroleum uh launches a a bond that goes for uh 10 years and pays five percent okay so the 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 uh borrower would be the person who issued that bond xyz petroleum uh the lender is the person who bought that bond there was a time frame five percent uh 10 10 years there was a deal five percent Okay, that, and so that's one example. Bonds are an example of a fixed income investment. A CD from the bank is a very similar event. Here's my $1,000. I'm going to get paid 2% for the next year. I get my money back. What's the next deal we're going to do sort of a thing? So, so that's how they risk. Well, so what are the risks that you primarily face if you own bonds? Okay, uh, and, and so let's. How about default? Well, default is a risk if you're a bond holder. If you're a U.S. government treasury holder, holder, well, there's a default risk, but it's probably pretty small. Right. Okay. Uh, if you're a Kentucky Fried Chicken Life Insurance Company <laughs> bondholder, uh, maybe there's more of a chance of default. But you know, if they have any money left after the chicken clears, uh, that you know, maybe you get some of your money back. But okay. but the the the, okay, the default risk in bonds is lower than the default risk in stocks. But that still doesn't mean you can't lose all or part of your money, sort of a thing. And there are, okay. you know, there are agencies out there, right? That that, yeah. that rate, you yeah. know, they rate the different companies yeah. that 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 are uh, selling the bonds. Yeah. And so you can do some research on that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they have different credit ratings, and you know, so it's you know A, B, C, and you know double yeah. A, and then you know, they get into that. And so you can look at that, and you can say, okay, yeah. well, this company has been researched by by a you know, an independent firm yeah. and, and this one appears to be relatively safe. Yep. Uh, and so you can, you know, you can do your research based on that. And, you know, typically what happens is the, you know, the lower rated firms have to pay a little bit more, right? Yeah. They have to pay a little yeah. bit more interest to yeah. attract those that, investors that, that might make, be, that, that might normally sense. be scared away. You know, yeah. if you were to buy a 10 year bond from the U S government, it would probably be 3%. Here, 3%. Right, right. So the, gov- the government bonds but are typically going to pay a little bit less Kentucky because Kentucky fried chicken yeah, like yeah. might have to pay 10, right. I mean, depending on their circumstances. Right. But so, but borrower, lender, time frame, deal, okay. Uh, default, l- lower than stocks in general. Uh, and if you just stick to government issue, 
probably pretty close to zero. We can't say guaranteed. There have been governments that default on their bonds regularly across the world, by the way. So we've been an exception so far. Yeah. Let's hope that continues. Right. Okay. Right. Anyway, so, so default, okay, I'm, if I'm worried about losing my money, I, I want to be a bondholder. Okay. Uh, well, okay, uh, but but inflation, well, well, that's that's a humongous problem. I'm sorry for bondholders. If you get that 3% income every year, it buys less as time goes forward. And the $1,000 that they give you back in 10 years spends down to about $600 by the time they give it to you. And so, well, that's, that, that's a risk that you run, okay, in, in, in the bond world. There's another risk <laughs> that you have to be uh, aware of in the bond world, and it happened big time in the last six or eight, ten months, basically. It's called interest rate risk. Uh, and... Again, I'm going to do a few real-life examples I can't believe came true faster than I thought they mm-hmm. would be, sort of a thing, in a few moments. But we, we, we kind of need to explain uh, interest rate risk uh, in my general Reader's Digest fourth-grade terms to everybody because I, I like to speak like a fourth-grader so that hopefully most people can understand me. So, folks, if, uh, if this month you went out and bought a, a 10-year Treasury bond, I'm going to make this up, and it was... Uh, Three percent. Congratulations! You're happy with that. That's a good return. And then, and let's pretend that was a thousand bucks. And then next month you had another thousand, and you wanted to do the same thing. Well, if the new Treasury bonds next month are paying six, not three, you're thrilled when you put that thousand bucks to work. Well, so now you got you got an issue. You got a, you, you made two investments under in good conscience. Okay, uh, the first one was three, the second one was six. By the time you get to the six, you're saying, I shouldn't have bought the three, bad timing. Mm-hmm. Nope, nobody knows the future. So you got like a, here's your issue. Okay, you got a six and you got a three, and there's two ways you're gonna look at it. Well, I own the both of them, I'm averaging four and a half, I'm good. Or you can say, I think I'll sell my three and go buy a six, mm-hmm. okay? so. You can do that, folks. You can sell your three tomorrow. What you get for it's another issue. Okay, the, the best way to describe what I what interest rate risk is. So, so you've got this three percenter. You're running around in a world of six percenters, and you want to sell it. And in this extreme example, that's never happened. It's worth about half what you paid for it. Right. What, why would I give you a thousand dollars to get thirty bucks a year when I can walk across the street and get sixty bucks a year? Okay, so so here's the here's the point, folks, and this is very very important. Forget the numbers, just understand the direction. Okay, if you own a bond of any nature, and it pays whatever interest rate it pays. If interest rates move higher after you do that, and if you choose to sell your bond before it matures, it's worth less. Period. Mm-hmm. Okay. The so so the macroeconomic point is, okay, if you own bonds and interest rates go higher, your bond values shrink. Okay. Mm-hmm. You'll get your. Th- You'll get your thousand bucks back at the end of the ten years, but if you sell it beforehand, you have a surprise. Okay. Uh, the flip side is also the case. If you bought the six percenter first, and next month you bought a three percenter, well, you're not thrilled about the three percenter, but that six is worth a whole lot of money in a world of threes. Okay. Translation: If you own a bond of whatever interest rate, and interest rates move down after you own that bond, it's worth more if you choose to sell it before it comes due. Okay, 
folks, that's all you have to know. But that is a significant risk in bonds that came alarmingly true in the last six, eight, ten months, given the circumstances. Okay, uh, you you had a. Well, we'll get to some some specifics here in a short. Well, that's second. You know that that, 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 that second. You know that yeah. second one. That's yeah. called that's called you know reinvestment risk, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, re- basically, yeah. basically, if you're trying to if you have a good you know a higher rate, yeah. and then rates fall over time, and that, and then you you know you get your thousand dollars back, and it's yeah. like okay, now it's time to reinvest. Yeah. And rates are lower, yep. so that that's a that's another risk yep. when it comes when it comes to bonds. Yeah, yeah, there are about seven or eight or nine risks in the investment world. We're just talking about the biggies here on the yep. show. It, it, exactly. By the way, if you bought the three and they moved to six, and you said, "Well, I'm not going to sell," well, that's fine. I'm I'm happy with four and a half. But when you get your statement, guess what it's going to say your three is worth. And unlike the bank, okay, the banks have to, don't have to do this, which is pretty cool, I guess, if you're a bank, but not so good if you're an investor. Okay, the the treasury, you're going to get your brokerage statement, and that three percent that you paid a thousand bucks for is going to look like it's going to be priced at five hundred. You still lost money whether you sold it or not. Okay, get banks banks are somehow allowed not to not to tell you that sort mm-hmm. of, because you can't sell it. I guess mm-hmm. I, I get that sort of a thing. But anyway, but so that's the point. So so. Uh, so everybody should own some percentage of their money in bonds because they cut down the excitement of owning stocks. That, that's, that's just the, the short story. You know, if you are a 50% stock and a 50% bond portfolio person and stocks went down 40%, well... Okay, if your bonds stayed exactly the same, you're only down 20, unless I missed something sort of a thing. So they they cut down the volatility excitement in a portfolio. That's all they're ever good for, as far as I'm concerned. They're not good for much else, given the circumstances, and certainly these years. So, so as an investor, you got to think, no, let's see. What percentage of bonds do I need in my portfolio? And my answer to that is as small as you can deal with emotionally and, and, and risk-wise. Okay, but you know the the, it, it, the answer is it depends given the circumstances. Oh, and by the way, what do you really have to earn, or or you just don't care about that and you're okay with what happens after the consequences? So, uh, I, I uh, th- this is so scary. It's 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 wild. I, I I did this set of numbers in early 2021. Okay, so I, I, I don't remember. It was probably January or something, okay? Oh, it was January. So here's what I did. So, okay, fo- folks, these are real numbers. I, I can't believe they came true in a more scary fashion than, than I thought. So, uh, in, so today, okay, a 10-year treasury is 2.85%, okay? okay? In January of 2021, it was 1.1%. Okay, in January of 2021, I consulted a bond calculator and I did the following calculation. If you're getting paid 1.1% on your 10-year treasury, which you were, okay, if if the 10-year treasury went to 3% in 3 years, it would be worth $882 or off 11.82%. It went there in a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay, okay. So so if you bought a 10-year treasury in January of 2021 and you still own it, it's down about 11% if you were collecting the income. Mm-hmm. That I, This happened faster yeah. than, than I thought, sort of a thing. Okay. One other thing about interest rate risk is the longer out you own a bond, the more exciting 
it could become. I just quoted a, a real number on a 10-year treasury. Here's the 30-year one. Right. This is spooky how had this happened. So right now, today, I'm sorry, August 14th, 2022, a 30-year treasury, guaranteed no risk, 3.12%. 3%? 3%. Okay. Okay. Uh, eighth. Tim, we can't have two minutes left. Forget <laughs> the commercials. I'm sorry. I'm not done here yet. Okay. Uh, moving, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> okay. And quickly, I guess. Okay. So on January of 2021, okay, the 30-year treasury, okay, was 1.85%. Okay. Today, it's 3 I did the calculation. If it went from 1.85% to 3% in three years, you're down 21%. That's crazy. I did that in a year and a half. That's crazy. So, folks, I have a newsflash for you. If you bought a 30-year United States guaranteed no risk, how can I possibly go wrong treasury bond in January 2021? It's off at least 20% from where you started. Okay. Hello, conservative, no response. Okay. Well, yeah. All right. By the way, that doesn't mean you shouldn't own some folks. Right. But how much? That's a whole other question. And how much you need to earn? That's a whole other question. But I, I can't believe those things came through that fast and so severely. It's like blows my mind. Very, anyway. Yeah, very quick. All yeah. right. All right. Well, we're just about ready to take a break here. So uh, you're listening to McNamara on Money. Uh, my name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined in the studio today by Mike McNamara. A very excited Mike McNamara. A very excited, yes. yes. Yeah. Uh, the topic is your investments, uh, be brave or be poor. We've been talking about various risks uh, that you have to look out for when investing. Uh, we're starting to dive into bonds and the, uh, the risk associated with bonds. Uh, we'll be right back uh, in a minute or so. Market turbulence can cause panic. And you might be wondering if your investments are allocated properly. I'm Kirk Reed with McNamara Financial in Marshfield. Let me help you understand your investment strategy and ensure that it is suitable for you. Then you can turn off the financial news and move on with your life. We're back. You're listening to McNamara on Money, the South Shore's very own financial talk radio show. My name is Kirk Reed, uh, joined today by Mike McNamara. Uh, the topic today is your investments. Be brave or be poor. Uh, we've been talking about the various risks uh, associated with uh, investing. Uh, we've started to dive into uh, bonds uh, and those risks, and the recent, um, you know, the recent increases in uh, U.S. Treasuries and how how that's affected, um, you know, basically the you know a negative return on on on. Treasuries over the past, uh, whatever it was, 12 months or so. Um, it, it looks like uh, for the calendar year, I mean, who, who knows, but it looks like for the calendar, well, the number I saw a couple of weeks ago, don't hold me exactly this, folks, but the U.S. bond market's down about 9 or 10% in the last 12 months right. at some point. The, 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 the statistic I heard is that's like the worst 12-month performance in the U.S. bond market in history, sort of a thing, which is a little scary if you're a bondholder, that's for sure. Well, the, the article that I had here on the Wall Street Journal from date, and as this, this one was dated May 6th, yeah. but the title says it's the worst bond market since 1842. Oh, okay, so I lied. In history, or well, 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 a lot of history. That's, though, a, right? that's yeah. a lot of history. There you yeah. go, in, okay. In, in any, anybody's yeah. still living a lifetime, yeah. Yeah, focus on the big picture, folks, right. okay? Yeah. The details, uh, don't get hung up there. Anyway, all right, so uh, what I thought I'd do 
Okay, so this is going to absolutely positively be a two-part show, and we're going to finish up on bonds and get to the fun stuff with stocks and uh, financial planning and some other stuff a little bit later on next show. But anyway, so uh, now these these rates, these lending investments are August 14th of 2022, just in case people want a reference point. Okay, 30-year Treasury bond, 3.12%. Okay. 10-year Treasury bond, 2.85%, okay? Five-year CD, by the way, those are courtesy of Yahoo, just in case anybody thinks I'm making this stuff up, okay? A five-year CD courtesy of bankrate.com, 0.71%. Is that just like a national average? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, and a one-year CD national average bank rate, 0.58%. 0.58%. By the way, so banks pay a 0.58% if you lend them your money, but if they lend the, you their money, the mortgage rates are 5%. Let me think about this. Mortgage rates are 5 They're paying me 0.58%. Yeah, okay, I got that. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. All right, so, okay. Average money market fund, according to smartasset.com, somewhere between 0.08% and I'm sorry, and 0.011%. 11, eight one hundreds to 11 one hundreds of 1% is your return. Okay, so the, that is the lending investment world snapshot guaranteed. I only wanted to stay with the guaranteed parts there. Yep. Okay, uh, by the government. Okay, uh, and then inflation for the last 12 months, 8.53%. Okay, uh, I certainly hope Inflation gets back down to its three or four and probably will over time. Uh, I suppose I could inflation monger for a while and say it'll never go down, but I'm, you know, I'm, there's too much uh, capacity, too much demand, uh, too much efficiency in the world, and too much capitalism for that to last a long time. Yeah, I think. But, I'm certainly yeah. optimistic about yeah. that. Anyway. Okay. So, so uh, you know, by the way, on that, so we have a. We have a wonderful investment reporting system to our clients. Uh, it reports their returns net of our fees, and it compares them to stock returns and bond returns and stuff, just so they can kind of see how they're doing. Well, it also compares them to inflation. So I have some, like, real live inflation numbers looking backwards, courtesy of Orion, mm-hmm. our, our, our vendor there. So anyway, so looking backwards on August 14th of 2022, five years of inflation, 3.89%. Hmm? Yeah. Hmm? Okay, 10 years, okay, 2.8%. 21.5 years, that's as far as I could find a report to go back, 2.48%. So let's let's use three as, as a hoped-for inflation number. Who knows, yep. given the circumstances. I mean, it is what it is, okay? Um, so I, I did a little simple math here just to illustrate the inflation-killing uh, uh, part Oh, okay, of a bond or a fixed income or your income or whatever. Okay, so a hundred. If you put a hundred thousand dollars under your mattress, okay, uh, for ten years, and if we had three percent inflation for the next ten years, and you took out that hundred thousand dollars to go buy something, it bought seventy three. It will buy seventy three thousand seven hundred and forty two dollars worth of stuff. Okay, ten years later. Folks, that's that's not living better. Okay, uh, that's living worse. 
Okay. If, you know, if we, get the money thing down to your lifestyle, folks. I hope you obviously made the connection. What good is earning any money unless you can spend it and have fun or, or survive and exist or whatever? Okay. So $100,000 under your mattress at 3%. 10 years later, it buys $73,742 worth of stuff. And 20 years later, it buys $54,379 worth of stuff. Okay. Um, in, just imagine what your lifestyle looks like if you don't at least keep up with that. And that assumes you have a pretty good lifestyle now, but you really need to keep ahead of that if you want to be okay, you know? But that's that's a... It's cumulative and it's sneaky. That's maybe the, <laughs> the it, best way to say that's, that. That's what I, I, I often tell, <coughs> yeah. you know, tell clients, yeah. you know, when we're talking, you know, inflation, I, you know, is, is the silent killer. Yeah, th th I like, I yeah. remember that, I like that word. Yeah, yeah. cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so I did the same numbers at 5%. Do I think that'll happen? No, but, you know, if I want to get people all excited, I'll, <laughs> I, 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 oh, anyway, so $100,000 under the mattress, 5% inflation 10 years later, 59000 bucks and change, 59874 to be exact. Okay, and then one more. Okay, so so a hundred thousand dollars now, twenty years from now is thirty five thousand eight hundred and forty nine dollars guaranteed, with five percent inflation. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, okay. L let's go back to some of those rates that I quoted here just for a minute. So let's see. Thirty year Treasury is the highest number I quoted today, three point one two percent for August fourteenth of twenty twenty two. Okay, so folks, if you're retired. Okay, look at your retirement portfolio and ask yourself, are you taking out more or less than 3% a year from your important money? If you're taking out less than 3% a year, you got, you got a little protection. If you're taking out more than 3% a year, I think your portfolio is going to shrink for the rest of your life. Okay, well, you know, people don't walk in our door every year and say, send me more money, right? Every two or three years, they say, you got to send me some more money. I want my inflationary raise this year. No, That's, yeah. no nobody does that, yeah, right? right? Okay, but, you know, you know, you know, you know, the $2,000 a month you're sending me from my money, you know, I need 2400 bucks now, mm -hmm. okay? Well, so, hello, hello, inflation, okay? It's inflation. Okay, so, so okay, if for the guaranteed no risk, well, maybe lots of risk, but no risk in terms of how some Folks want you to think about it. Okay, if you can live on 3%, oh, taxes too, I forgot about that. Okay, <laughs> but I think people understand the hurdle that you have to either be even with to preserve your wealth or get over to get wealthier. Uh, it it kind of gets you rethinking about risks, okay, sort of a thing. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, and, should I okay to move on? Yeah. Any comments on that or yeah. about how that works? Or No, okay. Uh, let's see here. All right. So things to do. Uh, I guess we've got enough time to do this. Okay. So, so let me be crystal clear. Everybody should have some bonds in their portfolio. Okay. Uh, one of my retirement plans personally is in 40% bonds because, well, I guess I'd like to say I got, got one of those for most of the po people I work with. Yeah. Uh, I have the same portfolio as you well, do. Well, when, when you say everybody should yeah. have bonds, yeah. that's maybe... Well, I, I apologize. Yeah, yeah. If you're under... 50, you shouldn't own any bonds. Okay. Or right. 45. Yeah, I wanted to, Let me I, rephrase. I wanted okay. to clarify Yeah, thank that. you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, dope slap. I appreciate that very yeah. much. Okay. Okay. F folks who are 
conservative, whatever that means, or closer to retirement, should probably own some percentage of their portfolio in bonds to cut down the excitement of stocks. Okay, I have a personally I have a retirement plan invested in the same portfolio as everybody else with 60% stocks. I also have one with 75% stocks, uh, and you know I never got around to being braver than that, and I don't need to. Sort of a thing. That's a personal circumstance. But anyway, the the only thing they're good for. Please write this down, folks. Is to cut down the excitement of the stocks that are going to make you your money. And and to find that out, you're going to have to tune into the second part mm-hmm. of the show because we're going to get to the really fun stuff and the low-risk stuff, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> personally, uh, in next week or yeah. whenever that happens to be. All right, so 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 what do you do? Okay, so I, what, what you do is you figure out what percentage of bonds that you need to have in your portfolio to fit your financial plan goals for the rest of your life. That's that's what you do. Okay, Ho- hopefully everybody has a, a certified financial plan in place that's in writing that says, I think I have to earn this much of my money. If I do, it's probably going to be okay in my life sort of a thing. And that kind of determines what people need for a mixture right. in, in the strategy. Okay, and it's kind of fun to, to do that with some of the clients. When when we, we have a planning session, you know, we'll, we'll run out a... A portfolio, and we'll assume five percent for a return, which which we would use for a sixty percent stock and bond portfolio. Our guess, folks, no no guarantee. And and if the if the Monte Carlo analysis, the the, the statistical analysis says, hey, you got a really good chance of retiring on this. Well, what would happen if I owned a 40% stock? Can I take less risk and get to the same place? Well, if the answer is, oh, yeah, Monty didn't change much, well, good. If Monty goes from 98% to 6%, maybe it ought to stay with the mixture of the same. So it's, you can get an idea, I'm sorry, a really good guess about what percentage of bonds and stocks you need in your portfolio if you have a financial plan yeah. and a planner and some statistics and a little help. Yeah, Are and we're not yeah, cuz we're not, you know, we're not we're not advocating that people take on more risk, you know, just because, you know, we, we you know, we... By the way, I might say less risk. Well, yeah, that's because, what I mean. Depending how you want to right. look at so, stocks. Well, right? I just yeah. mean, because we're, yeah. you know, we're talking about being brave, yeah. you know, as a topic of the show. But, yeah. um, you know, if we if we do a, put together an analysis for someone and, and we can show them that they could perhaps be a little more conservative than they currently are and be in as good a place or even better... Why not? Then why, why not why do not? that? You know, why not do that? Then they might say, yeah, but I was comfortable with the first one and my kids would be happier. Or maybe I could take an extra vacation. I mean, no... And so that's up to them, you know. Yeah. Information, yeah. you know, yeah. here's the guess sort yeah. of a thing. So, so what, what you should do, everybody listening to us should have some kind of a, a, a written plan for the future that you check on from time to time. And that'll give you an idea. Okay, so either what you have to bring earn, what you have to earn to be okay... Or if you say, I'm not comfortable with that number, I want to earn less, well, then what the trade-offs are that you make in your life in exchange for that. Okay, is it perfect? Is it the future? No, but best guess you're going to get, and if you look at it every once in a while, you get an idea. So, so that, you know, the other thing about risk, I, I, you know, I didn't even get to talk about this, but, but, you know, the risk equals a certain return. And what does that return look like for your life? I mean, what kind of a life is that? And are you okay with that or you're not? Or how, how do you feel about that? Mm-hmm. You know, just because, okay, if you're bound and determined that I'm this conservative and I want to own this portfolio with guaranteed investments, my only question is, do you know what your life is going to look like and does that work for you? And if the answer is absolutely, I've seen this and no worries, congratulations, 
go for it sort of a thing. But for a lot of folks, that, that math doesn't work sort of a thing. So how risky in your mind do you have to be to go and get someplace? R- really good question, kind of given the circumstances. And I'm sorry, I don't think default and volatility are really risky compared to taxes and inflation, but that's my perspective on things, uh, not, not anybody else's sort of thing. By the way, nobody called with their tax numbers. No. Did you notice that? No. Okay, and we asked earlier, if, if somebody knew their tax bill for the federal and state government, we'd give them a, a, a certificate. Yeah. No, nobody called. Maybe point, th- point taken. I'm surprised <laughs> Tim didn't just t- take a guess and <laughs> say something, yeah. Anyway, mo- moving right along. So, so how much risk can you comfortably take and how much risk do you need to take I hope they line up. And if you don't know, maybe you ought to find out before you make some decisions about that stuff. You want to do a plug for financial planning in, well, different, in a different terms? Yeah, well, yeah. I guess I guess one thing that I was thinking of is that, you know, in... in in times like these, when there when there is volatility, which which there's always going, which is, oh, which always, is always going it, yeah, to be right. Yeah, um, yep. You know, for a while though, we had, well, yeah. I mean, I guess in good times, sometimes people will say, "Should we get more aggressive?" Mm, right? Mm, you know, when things are going really well, mm, and greed, then when greed. And, and then when things are going down, they say, "Should we get more conservative?" Fear, right? Mm. And you know, so our response to that is, well, it it, it depends, right? <laughs> on the situation, it always depends. It always depends. But <laughs> you know, if we if we do have a plan in place, which we do for you know the majority of the folks we work with, yep. you know, we would say, well, let's let's update your plan. You know, let's take a look at you know. So, what are your what are your balances today? You know, let's update your debts. You know, your expenses. Let's let's talk about inflation. Do you know? Do we want to adjust what we're going to project for inflation going forward? Um, you know, do we want to adjust what we think, you know, the returns are going to be going forward, you know, based on your current situation sure. without yep. changing anything. Yep. Yep. And if everything still looks, you know, hunky-dory as it did the last time, then no, we, do, we don't change anything just because what the markets are doing. Yep. That's, you know, the, you, know, to re, you know, to react to the markets and change your plan based on that yep. is typically not, not a good idea. Yep. Um, it's, you know, you need, to, you need to kind of stay within your own you know, your own construct, stay within your own uh, plan uh, and try not to let, you know, external factors, uh, you know, change your outlook. Yeah. So, so (laughs) the meeting that we had jointly a couple of days ago, okay, uh, with our very conservative investor clients, okay, um, do you remember the part of the meeting where you said, well, I've got some friends and they own the S&P 500 and they're up a whole lot and they're really happy. And I felt like, well, we didn't do a very good job educating him, or maybe he forgot some of that stuff. And I said, well, you own the S&P 500. It's kind of a tiny portion of your investments because that's in there. Yeah. I said, you got the same return they did, but they just, he said, well, they had all their money in it. Well, and how would that work for you? You know, and the answer is it wouldn't. So, but, you know, but that was, I go back to education and experience Okay, make people better investors over time, sort of a thing. And, you know, you just have to have the information, okay, before you make a decision, sort of a thing. And you can't do that unless you have a big context to do that in, and that's, we call that an official financial plan. And we're biased as hell about that. Oh, sure. As as certified financial planner practitioners, that's our bias. And going, you know, and going through, and as you mentioned earlier, going through you know, a, a, a bear market or two or three is sometimes that's, that's the experience that you need to yeah, have yeah. Uh, in, order to, in order to feel better about, you know, today. You've sat in enough of my meetings yeah. with people I've known for 20 and 30 years. How, 
How hard are those meetings? They're pretty. They're pretty nonplussed <laughs> when it comes, you know, when it comes to stuff like this because it's, you know, yeah. I mean, in this particular market, I mean, right, even when, you know, the market was down, you know, fifteen or twenty percent. I mean, huh. that's that's not. I mean, that's, yeah. a, that's a pretty... Everybody walks yeah. in and kind of shirks and says, I know this is the way it is. Yeah. And we talk about kids, grandkids, and vacations. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that, that's the way it should be, folks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, all right. So on the, on the bond, so things to do about specifically about bonds. Well, by the way, if you're working with a financial advisor, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. But, okay, well, one of the things you do, well, should I look for some higher yielding bonds, mm-hmm. okay, and, and get more money? Mm-hmm. Okay, what, what, what's a... While I'm talking, yep. Google average high yield junk bond fund uh, interest rate these days. So, so when you lend your money to somebody, lending it to the U.S. government, they'll pay you one thing, but lending it to a little tiny small company, okay, they they probably have to pay you more because they they would risk more. So we have in the in the bond world things called <clears throat> high yield bonds, right, also known as junk bonds, not necessarily junk, but pr- certainly high yield. Okay, so if a U.S. Treasury bond is paying around three right now, you got, you got a number? Well, it says, uh, so this was as of June 15th. Yeah. Uh, it says they were around 8%. 8%. Okay. But that's because the prices have come down. There you go. Well, so the yield, you know, it's a... It's sh- a don't tell them that. Yeah, okay. No, okay. Yeah, okay. Right. <laughs> no I'm kidding, folks. Yeah. Okay. So wait well, well, so it said, it said <laughs> at the start of the year... Yeah. Uh, junk bond yields were like four and a half, Ooh, but now they're okay. eight because, uh, because the prices so, have come down. Oh, let me think about that. Okay, so so yeah, I mean, but by the way, so you could go get eight percent in a brave company right now. Okay, however, if you spend a thousand dollars on that, uh, and, and you know, next week that thousand might be worth eight hundred, and it might be worth more. But let me think well, more. Income, more risk. Are you comfortable but, with that? But the, you know, the, 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 you know, as I as we said, the, you know, the reason that the yield has gone up is because the prices have come down, and yeah. you know, the prices have come down, you know, pretty substantially. Yeah, and that's, you know, and we get when we go back to the beginning. I mean, the whole the whole part of the whole reason to own bonds, yeah. right, is to yeah. is to help cut the volatility of yeah. the stocks. Yeah. and yeah. so <laughs> high high yield bonds sometimes can be just as volatile yeah. Yeah. As, as a stock. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's you know yeah mo- mo- you know most of the time this is the first time in my life that I've been in this business forty years and change when it hits the fan people buy bonds whether they need they need them or not because they're safe and, and bonds provide a bit of a cushion when the markets go down. Okay, this year with bonds being down eight or nine percent in general across the board, well, if the stock market goes down forty, I'm making an, if the stock market goes down forty and bonds are zero, you're down twenty. But if the stock market goes down forty and bonds are minus ten, well, you're down maybe twenty five. Yeah. So they didn't help much. They helped some, yeah. but they didn't help much. But they still helped, sort of a thing. You know, of course, the extreme is if you're comfortable with a 100% stock portfolio forever and add enough dry powder to weather three, four years worth of bad times, uh, I can make a case for maybe a very small portion of the folks listening to us doing that. Okay, yeah. and, and by the way, they're probably listening to us laughing, saying, yeah, and I'm really wealthy because of that excitement for the last, uh, in my lifetime of excitement sort of a thing. So, kind of depends. All right, so so you can get braver by increasing your interest rate. Okay, uh, you know, it used to be, Okay, let's see. Well, bonds, interest rates are going higher, I think. Bonds are going lower. I'm just going to put my money in cash, you know, money markets, and then as interest rates rise, I'll make even more money in my money markets, and they won't fluctuate in value. They don't, which is really great. Yeah, and if they don't, 
you're sitting around earning one tenth of one percent on your money, waiting for interest rates right, right. to rise, right? Yeah. Sort of a thing. So that's a that's a possibility, but the spread ain't good right now. You want you you want to move from a bond that might go down to cash that's paying zero point oh one percent in a world with eight percent inflation. Let me think about that math here for mm. a minute or two, given the circumstances. Well, you know, the good news is if you're getting one tenth of a percent on your return, taxes aren't a problem. <laughs> <laughs> That, right? That is a Think about that. interesting point. Taxes yes. aren't a problem. Yes. Okay, give yes. It, or said differently, if you have a whole bunch of profits because you owned yeah. a bunch of stocks for a while, well, taxes aren't a problem well, either. Well, okay. but if it's, in a, if, it's, if it's in an IRA, you still got to pay the same rate well, anyway. There you go. There yeah. you go. All yeah. right. So you're even... Going you're, and coming. You're in a worse place. Going yeah. and coming, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so what else could you do? Okay, uh, you could hold your bonds until maturity. Well... Let's see. So you buy a 30-year bond, and you wait 30 years, and you guarantee you get your money back. That buys you a whole lot less, but you, darn it, you got that thousand ducks back. I don't think no, nobody who holds a bond to maturity. You I mean, know, nobody, this right? this is one of the questions I've asked you this question on at least one occasion, um, because you know you would talk about how the rates back in like the 80s, yeah. right? I mean the interest, you know the, yeah. the the rates that you could get on yeah. a on a CD or yeah. a bond or whatever back then were in the teen, like 15. Government whatever. bonds were 14, 15 percent then. I in the world I stepped into, a government bond was paying 14 or 15 percent, and, and you couldn't and people wouldn't buy it. And you could lock it up for for yeah. 30. Yeah. And yeah. I and I, my question to you yeah. was, well, why people why didn't people do that? Because they were waiting for 16. Right. Yeah. yeah, isn't yeah. that isn't that crazy? I, I, yeah. You look back at that and said, "I should have bought zero coupon bonds with all my money in 1981." I'd, if you could have, I'd got be on a beach with 15, an umbrella, with a big boat. Fifteen percent yeah. for thirty really? years. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were that high, you yeah. couldn't give them away because yeah. the world was saying they're going even higher and higher and higher, and there right. was fear and out there. In and the inflation world. was high. Yeah. I, I get that, but yeah. it was absolutely yeah. mind blowing when I think back about that. You could not give them away fourteen percent government bonds because people were waiting for them to go sixty. Because obviously, if you read the news, that was going to happen next uh, week. Uh. I mean, oil was, God knows how much it was a barrel way back then. I mean, it did, whoa, whoa. The yeah. world keeps on changing. Yeah. You know? Holy yeah. moly. Okay. So anyway, holding a bond to maturity, probably not a wise strategy. Okay. Um, you, you can do what's called a bond ladder. Again, if you're on your own, folks. Uh, well, I'll buy some bonds out one year. or You can do this with CDs. I'll mm -hmm. buy a one-year CD and a two-year CD and a three- and a four-year CD. And as they keep maturing, I can roll them over. And if interest rates are going higher, I'll get that new investment interest yeah. rate. But, risk if, risk. but if they're going lower, yeah. then... then it, it's, yeah. it's kind of a way to smooth out the misery a little bit less. That, that's how I would describe a bond ladder. Whatever's going to happen... You're just going to have a little less of it on either side of yeah. it, okay? Uh, but if you feel comfortable doing that, go for it, sort of a thing. Uh, I, I think you're probably better off uh, owning the whole bond market or having somebody manage a bond market, a bond fund for you and go from there. By the way, the f full disclosure, are, uh, generically speaking, the folks, whatever percentage of bonds are in most of our portfolios, about half of them are hedged one way owning the bond market, which means we're hoping rates stay the same or go down. And the other half of them are hedged the other way saying, we hope they're going to stay the same or go up. Okay, so we like went right down the middle. Okay, we, you know, which way do we think interest rates are going to go? We don't care. We're going to get, you know, going to average a return somewhere in the middle there, and we're happy we, with that. We don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. And so, yeah. you, so you diversify. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we try to hit singles and doubles in the investment world and uh, not strike out too much, and uh, we give up the home runs. That's base, and that's how you should look at your money, folks. As far as I'm concerned. Uh, so what else about? Uh, bonds here. We did about that maturity, about percentage. No, I think I, th I think we're kind of 
done in a rather timely fashion. Okay. Okay. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you do the grand summary because I've got about a minute and a half or two. I've been talking so much. I All apologize right. for monopolizing, but uh, I've been on a roll. I'm sorry. How can I tell All you? I've been having way too much fun here. All right. So I guess okay. I'll go back to the beginning. You know, we talked about, um, you know, we were defining what is total return, right? So when you look at an investment, there's two two pieces. There's, you know, there's typically, there's an income component, which could be, you know, a, a dividend or, or interest. Uh, and then the other component is if there's growth, you know, if, if the asset appreciates in value over time. And so you have to add those two components together to get your, to get your total return. Now, now the next definition is, well, what's real return? So real return is, well, you start with your total return and then you got to subtract out uh, a couple of things. You got to subtract out taxes. You know, you're gonna have to pay taxes on those earnings. If it's coming from an IRA, you know, it's you know, you're paying taxes at income rates. Uh, if it's in a you know a taxable account, you know, you're gonna have to pay taxes on those dividends and interest, uh, and then capital gains on anything that you sell once it's gone up. Uh, and then the other thing is inflation, right? So if inflation's going up two, three percent, you know, these days it's higher. It's you know, 5%, you know, uh, you know, even higher, um, you know, you have to factor that into what your money is earning. And when it comes to real return, you have to subtract out all of those things to figure out what is your bottom line? What are you actually getting in your pocket to spend? And nobody sits down and adds that up every year. That's well, it's, it, you know, no, they don't. Um, but, but you, and that's something, you know, inflation is something that we talked about that you, you feel over time, right? You don't necessarily think about it every, every month or every, every year, but over, over a couple of years, you know, your, your income doesn't go as far. And if your cost, you know, if you're working and if you're, you know, if your COLA uh, isn't enough to keep up, you know, you start to feel that. And when you're retired, um, you know, if, you, if you're living on a fixed income or depending on how, how, you're, how you're working, um, you got to take a look at that. Um, bonds, you know, we talked about real quick, you know, bonds are having some issues right now. But the point is, you know, for most folks that are retired or near retirement, they should still own them because they help cut the volatility uh, in stocks. That's their main that's their main advantage. That's what they do. Um, you've been listening to McNamara on Money. My name is Kirk Reed, joined by Mike McNamara. Part two coming up. Part two coming up. Your investments, be brave or be poor. We'll talk about the stock side uh, in a couple of weeks. All right. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend.